That's your father! He was killed by a stray energy blast! <coughs> oh, Welcome to Tune Japanese, a podcast where two dudes in their 30s talk about anime movies and stuff. Yeah, and stuff. And uh, he wishes he could be five centimeters taller. He's Ray. Taller, not longer. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, and I wish I was five years younger. I'm Andy. I didn't realize you were gonna come with that. Actually, <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. This is kind of the thing we do on this show. It's the shtick. Hey, how's it going? You should have warned me. I'm now. It's more. It's funnier this way. Uh, how you doing? I'm good. How are you? I'm doing fantastic. We are here with another episode of Tuning Japanese. It is cold outside. It is really cold outside. It is very cold. Like it was, I think, negative twenty something degrees today, and a negative fifty degree wind chills. It was bad. Well, at least I didn't have to go to work, so that was gone. That's true. You had the you day too. off. I've had all of the days yes. off. You've had see, like two weeks off. Last week I worked for four hours. This week, if I'm lucky, I'll get to work on Friday. So that'll be nice. And uh, yeah, it's been... I, I'm getting stir crazy. So here we are, Ray and Andy, back together again to do an episode of Tuning Japanese. Dropping on your feeds this week. And uh, we are here to talk about not Pokemon Generations. Because finally, the Ray has come back. <laughs> it's, it's true. And, thank you, Rocky Maivia. And uh, we are not talking about Pokemon, the first movie, or the second movie, or the third movie. We are here to talk about a different movie. Yes, a different one. Yes, what movie is that, Ray? What is it? <laughs> you know what it is. It is Dragon Ball Super. Broly. Yes! We are going to be topical. We're going to pick something that is like fresh and new and is still out there in theaters at this point. Actually, you can go see them in most theaters uh, as far as I know, which is interesting because I thought it was going to be a one-night-only sort of deal, but it was an actual full release. Uh, so we'll, we'll talk about Dragon Ball Supers. I almost said Dragon Ball Z. Dragon Ball Supers, Broly, in just a bit. But first, let's talk about some nerd news, shall we? Yeah, go ahead. So... I want to talk first and foremost about something that was just released video game wise. And no, I'm not talking about Kingdom Hearts 3 because I don't really follow Kingdom Hearts. And I guess if you're a Kingdom Hearts fan, that's awesome. You finally get a third one after like 10 years. But no, I want to talk about the release to end all releases Plant Boy. The Piranha Plant. Oh, Piranha Plant Super Smash. <laughs> is it Super Smash Brothers? Uh, I, why I, do you call him Plant Boy? Because a student of mine calls him Plant Boy. Uh, I don't okay. know why. Um, but yeah. Uh, so you're easily impressionable? I, yeah, I, that's that's pretty accurate. We, uh, we got a release of 
the Piranha Plant, which was a bonus character that you could get if you had ordered or purchased, I should say, Super Smash Brothers Ultimate uh, by a certain date. He's it's bonkers. It literally is a Piranha Plant from the Mario games in a potted plant that runs around on the stage and hits people. It's pretty awesome. I assume that you would totally be a Piranha Plant main. I don't know. I don't think I would. I don't know. Yeah, you don't think, no. You're not much of a Super Smash Bros. No, player, I, don't, I don't play Super Smash too much. You've been but... playing a game currently, though, which yes. has been really fun. Do you want to talk about that for a few minutes? Oh, yeah. Um, I've been playing Mario and Rabbids. Kingdom Battle. Kingdom Battle. For the Nintendo Switch. Yes. Uh, so, for those who have never played Mario and Rabbids Kingdom Battle, give me, like, a two-sentence pitch about what it is. It's kind of like Final Fantasy Tactics, but with Mario and Rabbids. So, like, the Rabbids from Rayman. Yes, the Rabbids from Rayman. Yes. And it's mixing the two together into this really weird Final Fantasy Tactics turn-based strategy game. Yeah, it's it's really a good mashup. I, I really like it. I mean, you if you they pair the comedy with, you know, Mario, so... How do you feel about Mario shooting guns? Um, he shoots fireballs, so... Isn't that kind of like shooting a gun? Kinda, except one is like a... I mean, he's spitting fireballs, right? Well, that's a big debate, a, because, yeah. cause like, is he spitting it? But, like, if you watch the old Mario cartoon, he would, he would huck them, he would throw mm-hmm. them, which I guess is, is also analogous to, like, Super Smash Bros. He throws the fireballs. He doesn't, like, bleh, like barf them up, because that'd yeah. be weird. Yeah, that um, but, yeah, I, I guess, I don't know. I don't know it's if like I would... snapping his fingers. Right. Yeah. You know, causing mm-hmm. the fire to come out. No, I, it's a weird... Like, at first, when I when I found out about this game last year, I think it was last year this game came out, I was like, huh, there's just something weird about Mario shooting guns. Uh, but it's it's really a cute game. Really endearing. Yeah, I, really, I didn't have too much of a problem with them sh- shooting guns. I mean, I know you had talked a lot about that initially. But really, I mean, I don't think it's that big of a deal. It's weird. It's yeah. a weird game. It's a uh, bizarre I, game. I have to say, I really like the the tactics of it, just because I built a really good team just with the starting people. And, I mean, you can do all different types of stuff with it. So, I mean... Like yeah, that. there's like eight characters. You can play as Mario, Luigi, Peach, and Yoshi, and then there's rabid versions of all of those as well, yeah. which is just really bizarre. That's uh, my current team is regular Mario... Rabid Peach and Rabid Luigi. Rabid yeah. Peach is probably one of my favorite video game characters. <laughs> she's, Why? She, it's just oh, her. It's because she's always like taking. She's always taking selfies and, <laughs> and just seems like oh, you were playing the other day, and there was a scene where minor spoiler, I guess, uh, where Peach is revealed, and Ma- Rabid Peach gets really pissed off because Peach is there, and she's like, uh, and then tries uh, to get all my on, man. Yeah, tries to get all up on Mario. <laughs> It's pretty good. Yeah, so that you've been playing that. I've been playing Detroit Become Human, mm-hmm. finally. And that is a Quantic Dreams sort of like story-based game. One of those like uh, button press at the right moment sort of like, what do they call those? I can't, there's a term for that, like uh, those I kind of games. Remember. But like one of those sort of like story-based games. And it's mm-hmm. uh, essentially about, if you haven't, I'm sure you've heard about if you're a video game fan. Um, it's set in a futuristic Detroit where androids... Um, are the all the craze, and they are fighting for their independence, and it's kind of interesting. A lot of parallels between that and very overt and direct modern parallels, day. like well, like modern parallels. day racism, 
as well as like going back to like the Civil War and emancipation and mm-hmm. civil rights and all of these different things. So uh, really kind of a cool or game. Is it, or is it a way to say, are we ever going to overcome these things because they keep repeating. they keep happening over yeah. and over again in different forms? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that's a pretty interesting way to put that. One of the female android characters had mentioned it's like the Schrodinger's cat. You know, both options yeah. exist until we make that decision. Right. It's it's kind of parallel. It's that parallel, really. Yeah. Yeah. No. Say, it's saying, hey, if you make decisions, you You're right can affect change. It's about yeah. acting. It's yeah. about changing the status quo, yeah. which I like. Uh, so I think that's about it for nerd news. Uh, before we get into talking directly about Dragon Ball Super Broly, uh, I want to talk about our, per- our really quick our personal histories with Dragon Ball. And I'll start because mine is really kind of short. Back in the day, back in high school and or early college, I can't remember exactly the time frame. I think it was in, in high school originally. Dragon Ball Z was on Toonami. And that was where, really where I really kind of saw it for the first time. Even though I think it was released outside of that originally in America on other channels. Um, it was something that played the same like like once a one once a day like during the weekdays the same thing like with sailor moon i didn't really watch much dragon ball z though like i would watch sailor moon and i would watch reboot but then when dragon ball z came on i was always just kind of like eh. uh which kind of made me the ad the the odd man out of my group of friends because they all love dragon ball z and i just i just couldn't really get into it all that much now, your history is a little more extensive, and you actually have watched a lot of Dragon Ball Z and Dragon Ball Super yes, and all of that. So do you want to just very quickly talk about your history with it? I can't remember what station it played on or what, if it was on Fox or something. It Fox might have been Fox or, I or can't something. Remember, but I remember we did used to run home from the bus stop. To catch Dragon Ball Z after school, so I know mm-hmm. it was on, on in the evenings. Um, I have to say that that's where it really started. It was probably either middle school or early high school. I can't say that I watched all of like the original Dragon Ball. I'd have to say I started with Dragon Ball Z because that's what was being played. I would like to go back and watch all of Dragon Ball for sure. Yeah, I, um, I totally would too. I think yeah. it'd be fun. But I think last year I went. I just got Funimation and watched all through Dragon Ball Z. So, and then I just continued on into Dragon Dragon Ball Super. So, just recently I've been watching Isn't there another series too? Dragon Ball Wasn't there like a third one, like one that like the fans hated? Yeah, it's called Dragon Ball GT. Um I have watched some of that. How is it? Since um, I haven't really seen it. I mean, we were younger, so we didn't really care. It was still Dragon Ball to us, and at at the time I didn't even know it wasn't wasn't part of the canon so yeah it wasn't it wasn't as well like now super was and this is my next question so what is super then and i think i kind of have a handle on it now but uh especially for fans that maybe haven't followed super um but just maybe had watched dragon ball z back in the day what is super where does super take place or when and where does it take place like what's going on with Super? Does it retell any of the stories? Is it a continuation? Uh, I would have to say Dragon Ball Super. It's after the the Majin Buu saga mm-hmm. of for Dragon, Dragon Ball Z. Z, and it is, I believe, the first 
new official canon storyline. If I remember, I looked it up in 18 years. Uh, there was an 18-year span between uh, Majin Buu, the Majin Buu series, and when this was produced, uh, which was, I believe the first episode aired July 5th, 2015. Like, what's neat about it to me, even though I'm not a huge Dragon Ball fan, is the visual aspect to it. Like, it's it's modernized. Like, it, it feels cleaner. The animation feels feels a little bit better. But at the same time, it's still Dragon Ball Z. Like, it's still, like, a lot of, like, the, the visual, like, like similarities between between that. And it it just definitely, definitely feels like a, what I've seen, a continuation of that Dragon Ball Z, where it's, like, new bad guy, new power-ups, new bad guy, <laughs> even bigger power-ups. Well, there's a formula to everything. Yeah. Every no. show. I mean, look at Sailor Moon. Oh, well, Sailor know, Moon. Refresh! Yeah, consistently consistent. Uh, yeah. A couple things about the movie before we get into just kind of either discussing kind of, like, plot points or just things that we liked about the movie is that... This was released on a Wednesday, uh, January 16th. It had a full theatrical release. We had gotten tickets, and I assumed that it was just a one-time only since it was released on, like, a Wednesday. But at least in our theater, you can actually still go and see it, um, which is, is pretty cool. So if you're hearing this when this first comes out, you have a chance to actually go see this potentially in a theater near you. And I would suggest that you do. It's pretty good. Um, you would mentioned something about it being... Like the highest grossing Dragon Ball movie? Yeah, um, it looked. I think it was ninety eight point six million worldwide. That's insane. Yeah, yeah, that's absolutely crazy for an animated mm-hmm. Japanese anime film, right? That's that's pretty big. And that, uh, the theater we went to go in was pretty packed. It was. I mean, it's got. I think it has a more larger following today than it did back in the day. Yeah, I I would agree with that, especially with like mainstream wwe wrestlers mm-hmm. you know xavier woods you know oh yeah fans and absolutely anime Sheamus. has become more mainstream yes. in all kinds of ways Sheamus and cesaro doing the fusion dance oh yeah. yeah so if you're not a fan of wwe there are there's a tag team of two former complete enemies that are now bffs uh and fight together and they do an entrance where they do kind of like a little like dance um, and then they do the fusion fingers, mm-hmm. and it's pretty fucking boss. I just did the fu- fusion, ha! Uh, it's is pretty awesome. So yeah, I think Dragon Ball and anime in general is much more mainstream, and I think this movie proves it. Like mm-hmm. selling that many, that many tickets, like and making that much money, that's a big deal. We got some pretty cool uh, Gogeta postcards too. We do in Super Saiyan Blue form. And this was actually not the first time that Broly's made its way his way into the series. Broly... This would be the first ca- canonical appearance. Right. There was a Dragon Ball Z movie of Broly. There's three of them. Yeah, and it was not well looked upon. I'm Broly, not too sure. I, ha- I have never seen it. So. For, for, I haven't seen it either. Uh, we own it. We're going to watch it eventually. Mm-hmm. From what I've kind of heard and read... Um, a lot of people panned it because Broly as a character was uninteresting. He was animalistic. He just grunted and screamed and was not a, a character that we cared about. In this movie, he totally is. He's a character you, you feel sympathy for. Yeah, I think with having a character, you have to have the character's voice. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, if they don't have a voice, you can't relate to them. Yeah, Unless, I feel like... of course, you're into grunting. Right. 
which you know if you are that's fine um no i think uh, if i remember right something i read like he would just yell cockerot over and over um, again and that's like yeah i can't remember that's all he but... would do so i think it's time that we actually talk about the dragon ball super broly bro movie what makes it a bro movie is it because it's bro lee <laughs> <laughs> to to be fair, we were watching a YouTube video trying to find out a little bit of a few facts just to kind of refresh our notes here, and I thought it was hilarious because we didn't have the volume on, but we had the subtitle option on YouTube, which is terrible. Oh, yeah. I, I watch other videos, and I'm just like... That's not what they're saying. <laughs> I, 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 I'm always floored that like you can you can scroll through your feed and just stop and watch without the volume and watch the subtitles and not get infuriated. Like that is a whole level of awesome <laughs> that I can. We were watching it's, a video. It's quite entertaining, actually. Yeah, sometimes it is because we were watching the video and it was trying to say Broly, but it kept being like Bro Space Lee or Bruly. <laughs> Bru- oh yeah, there was a Bruly. Bruly. Oh my gosh. Creme Bruly. Creme. <laughs> Creme de la creme. Oh, my lord. <laughs> um, <laughs> so, let's talk about the film. When we went to go see it, we mentioned already the guy that was asleep and all that, but um, we went to go at, uh, to go see it on opening night. Yep. They were they did have different showings, I believe, for subtitles and for dub. And uh, we went to go see the dub version because Goku's dub voice is ten times better than Goku's sub voice. <laughs> the Japanese voice... I'm not a fan. I'm not either. I've listened a little bit. And I'm not a fan. Um, but we're just going to talk a little about some of the things that happened in the movie. And again, warning, spoilers. We are going to go over some of the main plot points of this. So if you don't want to be spoiled, it's your last chance to get away. So one of the things that this movie does that's really cool is at the beginning, instead of just jumping us into the present, they go back into the past. And they talk about the background, not only of Broly but of the Saiyans and the Saiyan planet, planet Vegeta, which is in itself interesting, the fact that it's named Vegeta. Um, but we get like a really cool rehash retelling expansion of stuff we already had learned about in the past. And more specifically, we learn about King Cold and Frieza, who are very interesting characters and was... King Cold in the original anime, correct? Correct. Yes, he was. Okay. And they did not, I believe, go in this in-depth ever into the anime about this background, as far no, as like showing not, us. I would have to say no, not at, at all as much as what they've done. And I, I think they did a good job about doing that to, A, bring in the new viewership, mm-hmm. and then, B, to satisfy people who constantly watch it. That's a really good point. Who know all about it. I I feel like they melded that pretty well. Yeah, that's a really good point. Because you do have people that are probably seeing this maybe for the first time. Mm -hmm. Since it's a movie and it has a big release. And it does give, I think, enough background. Which I think was a strong point of the other movies that we had watched. The the other like more recent ones. um, Resurrection F. Battle of the Gods and Resurrection F. Yeah, both of them did a really good job of giving some background. Because when we watched them... I didn't know what was going on, but I, I got enough that I was able to enjoy the movies a lot. So Yeah, I feel like those did a good job, too, with kind of explaining a little bit of what's going on in Dragon Ball Super enough mm-hmm. to get you to, to from A to B. Absolutely. I definitely agree. So we learn a couple of major things. Obviously, 
King Cold goes to the planet because... He's announcing his retirement. Yeah, because yeah. He, he was he... So he was in charge, essentially, of the planet, although there was a king in place already. Yes, they, they kind of subjugated the Saiyan race, essentially. Okay. gotcha. And used them as basically mercenary planetary mercenaries send your baby saiyan to this planet <laughs> have him destroy it right. and then they reap the benefits and that is yeah. twisted like it that really is, is really fucked up so yeah like you said he's going to give his retirement yeah he, he yeah. <laughs> which is so weird he's retiring from conquering the the universe cuz you know cuz you just do that that's a normal thing yeah. that that apparently evil over- overlords do yeah. I mean, you know, he's not that old either. He, uh-huh. I mean, in in the aspect of uh, physical appearance, he's yeah. not like old and decrepit. He's just like, fuck it, I'm going to retire. <laughs> and my young son, Frieza, is going to take over. He looked like such a snotty teenager. Like, he, he just had his hands crossed over his chest, and he's just kind of like, Ugh, I don't want to be around these dirty monkeys. And, <laughs> and it was just like so, as a teacher, it was like... Such a familiar scene. Uh, yeah, he was like... And it was just so funny because, again, you have these Saiyans that if you watch Dragon Ball Z mm-hmm. way back in the day, they were so mighty. And it's always funny to see this mighty race of warriors bitched out to, like, other people. And, I mean, in all fairness, they they are more superior in the sense of technology and also probably even power. I'm like they have a different social structure and everything. So, I mean, did King Vegeta really have any legroom to stand against King Cold? I don't think he did. No, you're probably right. Because uh, if he did, he would have destroyed them. I'm abs- sure. I'm positive. Absolutely. Yeah. So- um, and I, I did read a few articles. I can't remember where they were from, but uh, I I was just doing random research on it and. Uh, in the part about King Cold's retirement to and relinquishing command to Frieza is they were talking about the colorations. Uh, actually, Frieza looked different than we normally saw. Oh, and, you're right. And the coloration um, was more to focus on what he looked like in the manga. Oh, see, I was actually going to ask you when we were watching the movie because... And I just forgotten about that fact because he looked different. So that's mm-hmm. cool. Yep, it was a throwback to the manga. Neat. So that way, again, you know, melding, getting old yep. fans involved. That's mm-hmm. really, really cool. So not only do we get King Cold and Frieza uh, in their part, but we also learn more about King Vegeta. And we are introduced to the title character of this movie, Broly. And Broly's a Saiyan. And his father, Paragus is i guess he knows vegeta he's he's a commoner though right like he's he's not like royalty cuz king no. vegeta gets really mad because broly who is not of like royal blood or important has shown a lot of power and potential and strength potentially more than even his own son which yeah, obviously pisses him off the main thing about it too they they say that at times he he shows like unrestricted power, and then yeah. at other times it's kind of like oh it's it's just normal reading. So they can't really tell with Broly. Either. It's chaotic. Yeah, it's very chaotic, which and, is kind of cool. Yeah, and King King Vegeta can't stand the fact that someone of lower warrior stature is in the same is uh potted in the same room with his son Prince Vegeta. Yeah, because there's this like weird, almost like I don't even know, like weird room of like 
like you said, the pods that the children spend time in. Yeah, it was most. It almost looked like that was like the chosen or the highest level um, uh-huh. Saiyans. Yeah, all their maybe all their kids were put in the same room. Uh-huh. So really, it does it makes you think? Okay, is it strength based? Oh, um, caste system, or is it purely just their ranking in yeah. that caste system that allows them that's, that? That's interesting. That leads to some very interesting reading of like criticisms on social structure yes. and class in a Dragon Ball Z movie, <laughs> which is really kind of cool. So, yeah, he's not very happy with that. And we also, the third. Like kind of grouping of characters we learn about in the pasture, which again, like you said, kind of gives us some of that background, is Bardock and Jine, who are the parents of Goku and Raditz. Thank you. Mm-hmm. And we get to actually see them a little bit. And they, it sounds like to me when I was watching the film that Bardock definitely was sensing something was about to happen near the end of this sort of background section. And that's something, that's something being... Obviously, Frieza and what he does to planet Vegeta. Yes, and I, and it's it's kind of amazing that Bardock is the only one questioning it. I mean, King. It seems like King Vegeta is so wrapped up into oh, my son, my son, mm-hmm. my own stature, blah blah blah. Uh, his pride is his downfall, essentially. Yeah, which is a trait that then goes to his son, <laughs> what Vegeta. <laughs> so it's interesting to see that yeah. there. And Bardock, Bardock was a really cool character, both Bardock and Jine, because, I mean, I wasn't really familiar with either of them before this movie. I don't know. It's just weird. It, it almost feels like Bardock has qualities of, or Goku has qualities of Bardock, if yeah. you think about it. Because I think so, too. you think of them as mercenaries, but he doesn't really come off as one. It's more of like, he's sick of fighting. He's mm-hmm. sick of fighting for someone else's cause. Yeah. Absolutely. And it's... Bardock and Jine, who actually saved Goku's life. They put Goku in that li- weird little pod thing. that We we see those pods, I remember, at the beginning of Dragon Ball Z, when Vegeta travels to Earth initially, or yes. in Raditz, I think, travels in one, too, yeah, potentially. They all, they all do. Mm-hmm. They're like weird spheres that like you just sit in. I, I remember lots of episodes of them just sitting in those spheres <laughs> in Dragon Ball Z. It was very weird. <laughs> He sends them off, and that's how we learn how Goku survives the blowing up the planet, because shortly after he gets sent away, the planet does get blown up by Frieza and his minions. I have to say that it was a really touching moment, too, to see Bardock and Jine kind of, like, struggle with the decision to send Goku away. Bardock kind of hints at the fact that Goku has this untapped potential, Yeah, he, but he's not allowed to be in with those other... Like Broly. Uh, like Broly. He's not allowed to be in the other pods with with them. So mm-hmm. it's kind of like he's just in the pod in his own home. Right, exactly. So, so that was really interesting to see because you almost think of it's almost like, I don't know, like eugenics. They're all born in, in oh, a lab thing. Yeah, and all yeah, these yeah. Pods, but really they're not. Right. They're just kind of, it's it's just another way to get them one up over mm-hmm. the to, world. Yeah, to, yeah. to give them mm-hmm. special treatment yes, or whatever. Yeah. But it's... To help them grow into better warriors. Yeah, and and that level of superiority that King Vegeta has doesn't save him, right? It's the love that Bardock and Jine have that, you know, they could have taken that pod themselves, but they decide to give that to their son because they know 
he's the future and not them. Yes. Right. That, and there's that sacrifice that King Vegeta never would have done. Mm-hmm. And uh, they they do explain that someone would have caught them leaving. Yes. Had it been all three of them. Right. But because Goku's power was so low, mm-hmm. that allowed him to actually survive. Yeah. So it's kind of a flip on the whole, the, of their whole caste system. It's mm-hmm. like, okay. The weakest survive. Yeah, the weak, the weak one who has great unlocked potential. Potential, yeah. Or hidden potential, I mm-hmm. should say. He's got great hidden potential. He makes it out. He makes it out. Yeah, I agree. So that's how we find out Goku, how he ends up on Earth. We get to see that background, which is really cool. Um, we do obviously then get a whole thing where Paragus realizes what's happening, says, fuck it, goes and takes Broly, and they take off uh, on a ship. Actually, no, uh, did no, I get that wrong? Uh, King Vegeta had already sent Broly away. Oh, so he goes off and goes after him. Yes. Yeah, so oh, that's King... right, because he like, essentially is like, get the fuck out of here sort yes, of thing. Yes, King Vegeta sends Broly to, he even brags about it. Oh, I've sent your uh, son to planet Vampa. Ah, uh, yeah, that's blah. right. And, and it's such a, like a very dangerous planet. And yeah. they're just like, let him fuck that planet up. <laughs> yeah, exactly, right? We don't need him here. Um, so at, once Paragus finds that out, that's when he loses his shit. And he's like, well, I'm going after my son. <laughs> yeah, and that's and he does. And he yeah. takes another um, Saiyan with him and... They uh they go off. They like the, they survive. That Saiyan's name was Beats or something. I think it was like Beats. Yeah. He plays a fairly minor role mm-hmm. in the movie. Yeah. Um, he he is in there for a good chunk of it. But yeah, Beats is another Saiyan that we forgot when we were talking earlier. Yes. that survived uh the blowing up of Planet Vegeta. Technically, technically, yeah. <laughs> uh, so Not for long. So we find out about those <laughs> about those characters. We'll get there. Um, and then the last thing is we get actually after the planet blows up a really adorable scene. With Vegeta as a young child, like, running around, like, on another planet. Because apparently he was sent off. It's him and Raditz and Nappa, who, obviously, it sets up what we saw in Dragon Ball Z in the first season of that. Yes. When Goku fights them. But it's just, I thought it was a cool thing. You actually got to see them. Just kind of chilling off planet. Yeah, off planet. uh, We don't, uh, we're going to shirk our duties and just be like, well, whatever. We don't. We don't care. Didn't about Frieza. they? Yeah, that's what they said, right? Because yeah. Frieza, because that's the thing. Frieza's like sending, like, "Hey, everyone, come back to mm-hmm. Planet Vegeta. We, I got an important announcement." Yeah. And of course, Vegeta is like, "Eh, we don't have to go." Yeah, and that, and that, and that sort of like again, pride, mm-hmm. ironically, is what saves him almost in a way. So that's our background, and I thought that was a cool bit of scenes mm-hmm. because. Again, we know some of that stuff, but we've never seen it really played out before. So I thought it was really cool of them to do all that. Yes. Welcome to The Break Card. It's Andy, and you are listening to another episode of Tuning Japanese, where we're reviewing Dragon Ball Super Broly. And uh, definitely go check that out. I don't know now, uh, compared to when we recorded it, if it's still out in any theaters. If not, get online and pre-order it, because Dragon Ball Super Broly was a really, really, really good movie. And I hope you are enjoying our discussion on it, and hopefully you have had a chance to see it, or don't care that we're spoiling the whole thing for you. This is the first of our episodes for February. We've got the rest of February already figured out. We're going to be back to our reviews of Wolf's Reign next week. We've got a double dose of episodes there. We have the following week after that, two episodes of Lotus War that we are reviewing. That is our penultimate review before we get to the very last episode, number 13, as well as our wrap-up on Lotus War. 
And then we also have another episode of Wolf's Reign to close up February 2019. Speaking of February of this year, if you have not had a chance to check out Tuning RPG, our brand new YouTube channel series where we talk about the tabletop role-playing game Big Eye Small Mouth, which is anime-inspired, go check out that first video. Our second video, which is going to be the creation process of an anime character in that system, will come out this month in February, so be on the lookout for that subscribe over there on YouTube, and definitely we will also be posting those on our Patreon. That is patreon.com slash tuningjapanese, where you can actually donate your money to help us continue to better the show. And one of the things you're going to get are all of the ancillary stuff if you donate at least $2 for the Tuning RPG series, including the character sheets and maybe some later videos that we're going to be releasing on there just for patrons as well. Aside from that, you can get all kinds of other bonus content. A dollar a month gets you almost 10 hours of bonus audio and all kinds of other physical rewards that we've got. We've got stickers and buttons, and you can actually call dibs on an episode that we'll review and dedicate to you. There's lots of good stuff. Just check it out once again at patreon.com slash tuningjapanese. One last thing to mention, head over to the questionable Endeavor Network, questendnetwork.com, to find other podcasts, articles, and other things. If you're a fan of our show... Definitely go check out the other shows on our network. We'd really appreciate it. Speaking of which, let's get to a quick commercial and back to our review of Dragon Ball Super Broly. Hey, Atta, do you like anime? I do like anime. What about you? I love it. Well, if you love it so much, why don't you marry it, you piece of shit? We kind of did marry it. We did. By making a podcast? It ain't a healthy marriage. It controls our lives. And that podcast is the Reanimator Pod. That's R-E-Animator Pod. And you can hear new episodes every Monday. And here's a little taste. It's Alice in Wonderland meets Inception with an acid-infused EDM rave twist. I like it. Is what I wish I could say. Okay. <laughs> uh, unfortunately, the I shot my load too early there. <laughs> Hotro then asked Yuma, are you turned on? Not in that deep a register, but that's what she asked her. Are you turned on? Turned on yet? <laughs> well, guys, are you turned on yet? If not, I'll keep going. All right. Today, we are going to start. <laughs> well, I, I We're going to start snoozing. I tried to make a dramatic pause. The next major aspect of the story is we get Broly's kind of coming of age and growth on that planet Vampa. And planet Vampa is kind of a wasteland. Yeah, it it really is. It's just kind of like Mars-like, but yeah. weird-ass creatures. Creatures everywhere. <laughs> yeah, everywhere. He like ends up in a cave for a while. They're, they're not even like... I mean, they're sentient, but they're not uh, social creatures. No. They're just pretty much, I'm going to kill you and eat you. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> they're they're carnivores. Yeah. And you would think Broly would be lunch with all these creatures. No. Actually, those <laughs> creatures become lunch for Broly, which is pretty cool. Like, he survives all that time by eat, killing and eating these monsters. And it really, sho- it, it really shows the fact that Broly is feral. He, he mm-hmm. honestly is unbridled rage incarnate mm-hmm. throwing him on that planet 
really probably made him even stronger. Yeah. And King Vegeta doesn't re- didn't realize that that could happen. It's it's like a training almost and it probably worsens his like level of his lack of socialization and his rage. It probably makes that that much worse that now here he is having to survive as a child on his own all of that time. There's going to be pent up anger and frustration. So I like that and you would think that that would be it, um, but they do build up some sympathy for Broly, which I also like. Because Broly, while he's killing these monsters to survive, he actually makes friends with one of the monsters on the planet. And I think he even gives it the name of Bah. Yeah. <laughs> which is B-A-H, which is really weird. And at this point, Paragus has found his son, and it's Paragus and Beats and Broly all kind of surviving somehow on this planet. Paragus and Beats crash landed, so that ship no longer is going to work. Right, that's an important point. Yep. They can't get off the planet. No, they can't get off the planet. So they're pretty much screwed, limited right. supplies. Absolutely, and they're eating bugs to mm-hmm. and, and creatures and monsters just to get by. Yes. Um, but he does make friends with Ba, and it's one of the most touching aspects of the entire movie because Broly makes a friend. Broly is social, right? Like, he actually acts like a... Like a, like a kid and not a feral, sort of like angry monster himself. Yes. Had his father not intervened. Right. That might have never happened. So. Because the father does intervene. Yes. By. And trains him. Yes. His. Well, you're right. Because. He, 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 he kills beets. Yes. Because there's only limited amount of food. So survival of the fittest. This guy can't even do much of anything. He's technical technological guy. There's yeah. no technology, so... Also, it sets, for me at least, the mm-hmm. way I, I, I saw it too, the survival of this is true, mm-hmm. but also it sets up Paragus as being a real bad character. Like, I, like I, how I, so? Because I, I think the fact that he's willing to kill one of the only other people, like, despite the fact of whether he can actually help or not... Oh, I see. Like, mm-hmm. he's willing just to, like, straight up murder one of his own people, mm-hmm. right? Instead of, like seeing how he can help. And then also the fact that he shoots the ear off of Ba. And then Ba no longer trusts Broly because he's been 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 harmed in such a, a terrible way. It adds sympathy for Broly. Like, Broly is really hurt by this and has to now realize that his father was was capable of doing this terrible thing to his good friend. And he even, like wears the ear as like an outfit yeah. which is kind of fucked like a up. loin cloth almost yeah, yeah very much like his father's very manipulative extremely. if i had one word to describe paragus it would be manipulative and yeah. you'll see that even further if in the movie absolutely so we have to get broly off this planet obviously to have a plot and that's when two other characters who are introduced here chile and limo come in Chile is and Lima are members of the Frieza Force. Right, mm-hmm. which the Frieza Force is his sort of like group of lackeys that go about and cause chaos for him. His troops. His, yeah, his troops. Yeah. And as you brought up when we were talking earlier and reminded me, the reason why they're going out is because Frieza has killed all of the rest of his force because He's they Frieza. are not strong. Because <laughs> he's Frieza. <laughs> and he's Frieza. And so that's what Frieza do. These two are going out finding high-level powers to recruit more members to the Frieza Force. And that's and... when they find planet Va- uh, Vampa. Vampa. Mm-hmm. And they find two Saiyans. Yeah. And they're like, huh, there probably shouldn't be Saiyans 
anywhere, but sure. Oh, there's two Saiyans alive here. Okay. <laughs> Come aboard. And they do. That's how we kind of establish some background on Broly and his father and how they got off the planet. Which then leads to the present. And leads us to our main characters, Vegeta and uh, Goku and Bulma. And, of course, it would not be an episode or a movie of Dragon Ball, Super Z, whatever, without searching for the fucking Dragon Balls. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Oh, my Lord. At least they're not giving them away as, like, a... What was the one movie? The Bingo Prize or something like that? <laughs> yeah. It's like, here, you get Dragon Balls and a free wish. It was wish. for Bulma's birthday. Oh, yeah. my God. It's, <laughs> Bulma is such a... I just want to talk a second about Bulma because she's probably one of the most ridiculous characters in, like, all of anime. I don't know. I think she she makes Dragon Ball what it is, really. I mean, if you go back to Dragon Ball Z, she is the one who creates time travel. She's the reason why future... Uh, do you know this yet? I kind is that is that what's that capsule capsule core core? Yes. So she's a part of capsule core. Yes, her father. I can't remember his uh, name. Doctor Briefs. Yes. <laughs> oh yeah, <laughs> I forgot this anime. It's is either so fucking... Professor Briefs or Doctor Briefs. This anime's weird. Yeah, <laughs> he is the owner of capsule core. Okay, okay. And she works for capsule core too. So Bulma, she's weird, and of course, we have to have that being like the starting point. The reason she's looking for the Dragon Balls is the most Bulma thing ever, and it tells you, I I think it helps us with the setting, and tells us that like, nothing serious apparently has happened in a really long time, at least in a little while, because she's not searching for the Dragon Balls to fight a Cell or a Frieza or a Majin Buu, she's searching for the Dragon Balls so she can be... Five years younger. <laughs> well, I mean, what else are you going to use the Dragon Balls for except for wishing? <laughs> if I'm Shenron, I'm going to be so annoyed, like, oh, it's you again. <laughs> what the fuck do you want now? <laughs> Is it another breast tink? <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. Do you, do, you, do you really want those things any bigger? <laughs> I, can't, I can't help you there. <laughs> What's the opposite of a breast reduction? <laughs> uh, uh, augmentation? Yeah. <laughs> so they go to Antarctica, because that's apparently where the last Dragon Ball is. But, dink, because that's how th- these things work sometimes. Frieza is also looking for the Dragon Balls. And again... Frieza has all six at this point. Oh, I thought... Oh, he has all no, six. Yeah, Frieza oh, has all six. During, okay. During, I got it backwards in my head. During though. the movie Broly, Frieza has all six. You would think this is another thing where Frieza is going to be like, I have this evil plot that I'm going to destroy Goku, blah, blah, blah. No. Frieza wants all the Dragon Balls. <laughs> and again, this is one of the reasons I do like Dragon Ball is there is a good amount of humor usually infused into, like, all the storylines. Like, it gets serious, but there's always humor in there. He wants to be five centimeters taller. Well, I can't blame him. (laughs) (laughs) I figured you could relate. Not tall enough that people would notice and ask questions about it, but just tall enough that people would, like, subconsciously think that, like... Maybe he wasn't sure to begin with. Did something change with you? (laughs) Who, me? No, nothing. And I really don't know if he's actually being honest about his reason for wanting the Dragon Balls. I think he is. (laughs) But I don't know. It's so, like, kind of like, 
it's that point where wait are you joking I think he's being serious. (laughs) I think he honestly is being serious here. Because I don't think he wanted people to know. I feel like it just kind of slipped. And and here he is. And here, so we have this weird symmetry of two characters looking for the Dragon Balls for some stupid reason. that (laughs) Self-augmentation. Yes, that turns into something huge. So they meet Vegeta and, and, uh, and Goku are there. They see the Frieza Force... And Frieza decides, well, let's try out this Broly guy. Now, a couple things we need to note about Broly. Broly has been kind of, there's like like kind of this, I don't want to say friendship, but like a developing sort of like interest from Chile and Limo in Broly since they spent some time with him. And we also learned that Paragus controls Broly. Because we talked about the manipulation. You use that term about uh, Paragus, right? He's manipulative. Oh, yes. He, and wants, he wants to make sure that Broly's power is controlled because he he understands how um, dangerous Broly is. So he literally controls him with a remote control and a collar that like... <laughs> like you would put on your dog <laughs> to make them stop barking. <laughs> essentially, he's oh. treating his son like a dog. Yes. A hundred percent. And it goes back to the feral thing, you know. Yeah, it I'm does. Like, hey, he's very animalistic, so... It's also really important to note that... The remote control for Broly gets taken. Yes, Chile steals it. <laughs> yes, and that's going to be really important in just a minute. So here comes this saying that, of course, Goku and Vegeta are like, uh, is that a saying? <laughs> are you a saying? <laughs> and also, Vegeta's like, I want to fight him. <laughs> well, yeah. <laughs> Let me at him. I will take him down. <laughs> Vegeta. Thanks. And I've never really tried my Vegeta before. And we get a fight. And I don't want to go too much in detail. I do want to note a couple things. It is a cool fight. Dragon Ball Z and all of them is really, is obviously well known for their fights. And the biggest thing here that happens is that while Vegeta is fighting, because of course, for anyone that doesn't follow Dragon Ball Z that much or Dragon Ball Supers, the big thing is that Vegeta always has this rivalry with Goku, where he wants to be better than Goku. But Goku is always always one step ahead of him. Always stronger, always better, always able to do things that Vegeta can't. And one of the things that Vegeta up to this point has not been able to do is reach a certain power level called Super Saiyan God. Which is essentially just a power-up, right? Like, like it's just basically like they're stronger, like and they can... Fight better. <laughs> I tried to describe this. Like I, I can't describe. I a really Super don't Saiyan know. God. How, I, I guess it would be just power a power level. Okay, reached. Yeah, which is like kind of legendary, I guess. Because Beerus in the other movie, spoiler for the other movie, was trying to find out about a Super Saiyan God, and that's when Goku reached that level, that power level, or whatever. <laughs> It's such a weird thing to describe, like, in actual yeah. terms. Uh, I, it's it's more it, powerful than the Super Saiyan power. Yes, yeah. Which is when... It's in the echelon of powers right. it's, for Super Saiyans. In a writing, from a writer's standpoint, it's a, we have to follow a formula. And our main character can't just have the same powers every time. They have to get new powers. It's like... You brought up Sailor Moon once. When well, we're talking otherwise about you that. have a static character, and mm-hmm. static characters die. They You're really right. Do. 
Absolutely. Yeah. You're Yamcha, and then you don't show up in yeah. any of the any of the stuff ever again, and then you make me very sad because Yamcha is my favorite Dragon Ball character. <laughs> During this fight, Vegeta, for the first time, reaches that power level yes, of you, Super Saiyan God. You, we actually see his hair go red, and we've never seen that before in this. However, I would like to mention that actually back in Dragon Ball Z... His hair was colored red for a bit. <laughs> was it really? Yeah, it was. Huh. Like, at, so, like just naturally red? I don't know if it was just the colorations that they did oh, for Dragon okay. Ball Z, but his hair was technically red. That's interesting. So it was very weird. So I don't know if maybe they, they did when they created the uh-huh. Super Saiyan God. They're like, oh, hey, let's throw that back. and throw Just for forward. fun? Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> like to see who was paying attention. Yeah, because, I mean, at a certain point, then Vegeta's hair becomes black. Okay. Yeah. Interesting. So that goes on. The fight happens. And Vegeta's actually doing really well. Like, he kicks his ass really well. Until... Broly actually holds holds his own against Vegeta. Which in itself is huge, considering that according to the Dragon Ball structure Uh and and lore... Once they reached that Super Saiyan God level, that upped their the rest of their powers. It changed mm-hmm. them forever. So yeah. that just goes to show you that Broly is much more than what he seems. Especially because Broly wasn't visibly showing any signs of being Super Saiyan God. I don't think even he even no. hit Super Saiyan at this point. He's he's in tune with his power. Yeah. But because it's so so destructive, yeah. he can't control it. Absolutely. And that's what I think Vegeta, and not just Vegeta, but also Goku start to realize, oh shit, like he hasn't even turned Super Saiyan, and Vegeta's having trouble here fighting this guy. And it's also when Piccolo realizes it somehow, like Piccolo, who's not even there. (laughs) Like we just hear Piccolo's voice like, Goku, (laughs) I sense something and the force is wrong. You you don't need my help, do you? (laughs) (laughs) Piccolo is Bill's favorite character. Um, (laughs) And I I can understand why, because Piccolo is pretty badass. This is where Goku decides... Well, first of all, I think he says something like... Or Vegeta's like, "Uh, I'm getting beat up pretty bad. You got a sensu bean? And Goku's like, no, I don't. But they don't have any. So I think this is where Goku actually takes in the fight. He kind of tags in Vegeta, and they fight for a little bit, and Goku gets his ass kicked. He really does. Which... Like, bad. Like, really bad. And that's when they get foe. They decide, we need to get the fuck out of here. And we also, I think before well, this... Uh, you know, not, not to go too far into what yeah. all the movie scenes and stuff, yeah, yeah, but yeah. the way they get away from Broly is they sick Broly on Frieza. I forgot that yeah. point! Oh my god, I yeah. forgot that point! They sick Broly on Frieza, and then they get foe. That <laughs> is the most brilliant thing, because the entire time Vegeta <laughs> is just, like, chilling mm-hmm. and laughing and, like, haha, and that's when they, they totally sick him on him. I, I felt like that part was kind of tongue-in-cheek, though. If I had to pick a really bad moment in the the movie, I'd say that, that would be it. it. Just because it was, it felt like they they just didn't know what to do. Yeah. And so they're like, oh, well, let's just sick, let's get Broly fighting Frieza, and that gives them an opportunity to go. To I don't escape. think they really thought that out too much. Yeah. But, um, I, I mean, what I guess what other way would we have it? So. Yeah. And maybe two. Maybe they wanted to have a moment of Frieza actually fighting. Because yes. Frieza's got his power-up form, too, yeah. and all that. and they and had to show a gold Frieza off. So. Yeah, so I figure on the big screen, you know. Mm-hmm. And 
Also, I think it adds to showing how powerful Broly is that Broly can take on Gold Frieza with, again, not a whole lot of effort. So it's just Good another point. added, yeah. like, showing how powerful he is. So they go to Piccolo. Uh, Piccolo is like, oh, that didn't go well. Um, and then they do... <laughs> Y'all fucking nuts. <laughs> <laughs> pretty much. And then they do what I think is a callback to what Trunks and Goten, Goten do. Which Piccolo is... teaches Vegeta and Goku the fusion dance. <laughs> so the fusion dance is a fucking bonkers thing. I thought it was pretty ingenious back in the day. I mean, I don't know. It's just like, wow, it's just odd uh-huh. that they came up with that. But it's uh-huh. just amazing. So a fusion dance, for those that don't know a fusion dance, it's taking two Saiyans and making them one Saiyan. Essentially. Like, combining their powers. Yes, but, like, tenfold. Right. Like, exponentially increasing so, both powers. So, combining the everything all together, okay. and then making a new being out of this. That's even that's more powerful even more than... Powerful. Okay, that's that, that's Kind of like mushroom clouding, you Okay, know? yeah, yeah, like, yeah. yeah. Like, yeah. Drop, let's drop the nuke, let's fusion dance. Okay. You know? That is cool. Mm-hmm. Like, I agree with that. That's really cool. It's also another example of Dragon Ball Z being very silly. <laughs> <laughs> because it's not just like let's go into a trance and like meld and recreate this new thing. They have to do an elaborate dance. Yes, they have to be powered up the same level and uh-huh. they have to be in sync. But it just goes to show you like when you're a warrior and you're mm-hmm. part of a team, you have to have that, yeah, you know. Absolutely. And what better way? I mean, if you think about it, if Saiyans were like strength versus strength, yeah. this is actually something that Saiyans would never have been able to achieve. Because okay. when when would a Saiyan work together with another Saiyan? That's true. To, to do that, you know, if you have that mm-hmm. strength cast system, right. it's it's individuality. But now yeah. that you combine them, oh, yeah. you know, for whatever reason, it's uh-huh. it's almost always to defeat an enemy. So. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. And I lo- it's the funniest scene in the entire movie. Uh-huh. Like the stuff with Bulma and Frieza talking about getting the Dragon Balls were funny. Mm-hmm. This is just literally laugh out loud funny because first of all vegeta doesn't want to do the dance <laughs> not at all <laughs> <laughs> i'm not doing the stupid dance it's like he was just like not on board i mean he had to have known one day he was gonna have to do it he, he they he already knew about the patara earrings uh-huh. and becoming vegeto yes so it was just like oh, god he had see, you know he knew his son trunks had done the fusion uh-huh. dance so i mean he probably avoided it at all costs. But, oh, yeah. Well, guess what? Canon. It happened. <laughs> yeah, so he, he caves. He decides to do the dance. They screw the dance up twice. And apparently when you... And I didn't know this. I learned this watching this movie. If you don't do the dance right, you still transform, but it's a weird deformed transformation. Yes, you're either like skinny and and weak or strong or really fat or just really lopsided. So, like, that's what happens. Like, they screw up and, like, the end of the dance is they have to touch the tips of their fingers together. They miss the first time, and is he like a weird emaciated like? Yeah, I can't remember how they did it. For, for I think order. it was like he was fat, and okay. <laughs> fat one at first, and then the second was he was like emaciated and old. Yeah, and I don't think they went through how many transformations they actually got before right. they got it right. But they had to wait 30, half an hour yeah, because that's the, that's. That's the max amount of time you can hold that form once you do the the, the fusion yeah, dance. Because you can't just drop the form. Right. When you combine forms, you you're, combine yeah. it and then you're able to release. 
But the good thing about uh, the fusion dance is that it's not permanent compared to the other, the Patara rings. Right. Mm-hmm. So they eventually they do get it right because we cut back to Frieza, who has had to essentially hold his own for hours now, yeah. you know, in his gold form. And then eventually, Go Gogeta. Gita show. I couldn't remember how it was pronounced. <laughs> Gogeta shows up. Goku and Vegeta combined together with crazy blue hair and a weird-looking jacket. Did they start off with blue hair, though? I feel like they did. I could I be wrong. Remember. I feel like they didn't power up. I feel like they were they were already set to that power level. But either way, they're there together, <laughs> ready to fight. Now, at some point, I don't remember if it was during this fight or the earlier fight, a really important thing happens. And that's, that's uh, Frieza being an absolute asshole in realizing maybe Broly can't win... <laughs> So he shoots and kills Paragus. Yeah. <laughs> well, um, he knows how Saiyans work now. Yeah. He knows how, after fighting them so long and seeing the transformation, he knows how to make them transform. He was the one who made Goku become a Super Saiyan. Yeah, he even, so he he even knows. He even calls back to that yes. in his dialogue. <laughs> he says, Ah, oh, yes, when I killed that Krillin, <laughs> Goku became a Super Saiyan. So if I kill his dad, Broly will finally turn Super Saiyan. <laughs> if I do what I do best. <laughs> and be an evil dick. But, double-edged sword here, is Frieza really a villain? Because he is... <sighs> I'm, I'm stretching it. I'm You're stretching definitely it. stretching it there. But, but, I mean, he's causing these issues, but then he's creating these awesome warriors. So Fair, fair. <laughs> That he hates. He hates these monkeys. Oh, yeah, because then he's going to have to deal with it. Yeah. So, like, he's creating this thing, and he's getting rid of the only person that can control him. Maybe he's hoping they just all kill each other. (laughs) You're probably right. I mean, that's obviously what he had planned here. Well, if you think about it, with all the Saiyans out of the way, Mm -hmm. who's going to stop Frieza? No one. Exactly. We get an epic fight. I'm not really going to go into the epic fight. Like, just watch it. Like, I really can't describe the fight, because it's it's an over-the-top Dragon Ball Z fight. (laughs) It really is. I mean, they go all out. Uh, I mean, it's nonstop, and it's really awesome. I can't believe that guy was sleeping next to me. I, was, <laughs> I just looked next to him like, how can you be sleeping during this? This is the part of the movie Flashing that lights and, and crazy yeah. explosions. And... and they would even, like, in the background, they'd shout, like, Broly or Goku or <laughs> shit like that. It's just like... So crazy. <laughs> oh, my God. So, <laughs> so at the end of the fight... Of course, the good guys are going to win. Shocker. Spoiler. Um, did they win? They did. They, well, kind of. They kind of win. So they power up their finishing move, which is the Transcendent God Kamehameha. <laughs> which when the, in the uh, dub version was really cool because they kind of went back and forth. Like you heard both voices. Because before, mm-hmm. what was really neat about Gogeta was that they kind of had this weird melded voice where like both voice actors kind of talked at the same time. Yeah, same thing with Gotenks. Yes, know. they did yeah. that in the in the anime. Yeah. And this instead of having them just talk at the same time, they each kind of like um broke up the the attack words. Mm-hmm. But before I think that was more just to so that way people could hear it or something. I don't know. Yeah, but... I think I think you're right. I think actually I or, I or watched... maybe to really solidify the fact that hey, now we actually have Gogeta. Yeah, and the fact that like these two are, are actually working together. Mm-hmm. Which, I mean, sure, they're not quite the same level of enemies as they were in, like let's say, Dragon Ball Z. 
But even like when we saw them fighting before, like they would fight separately. And this happens all the time where it's like Vegeta's on the sidelines being like, damned Kakarot, taking all <laughs> my glory. And, uh, you know, other like, like here where Goku's like, you're getting your butt kicked. I'm gonna, I'm gonna jump in and fight him myself in, instead of them like working together. Yeah. So it's cool, like mm-hmm. that they have this sort of like back and forth. Like they are gonna combine the power. It's it's kind of like an honor system, really, an mm-hmm. honor, uh, warrior honor system. You know, yeah. I'm gonna fight him one on one, and then if I can't do it, you're gonna fight him one on one. Absolutely, so, mm-hmm. absolutely. So they don't shoot and kill Broly though, because if we go back to the Dragon Balls. Mm-hmm. Chile's got the Dragon Balls now. Yep. Chile and Limo steal them. And they summon good old Shenron. Yeah. (laughs) And Shenron shows up, and instead of watching these Saiyans kill each other, she says, please send Broly back to his planet safe and sound. To planet Vampa. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And that's what Shenron does. So Shenron sends Broly back before he could be potentially evaporated by this crazy high-level attack and leaves Gogeta to be like, the hell just happened? <laughs> and to leave uh, Frieza pretty much screwed. His own troops screw him over. Yeah. So, I mean, I guess that's what he gets for what he did to the rest of them. <laughs> yeah, he, he gets his comeuppance. And now he's face-to-face with the most powerful form of any Saiyan that he's ever seen in Gogeta. <laughs> I think Chile has a thing for Broly, so I think so yeah. too. I so, think I think so too. I think that's really what that boiled down to. Yeah, was I think the motivation it was. for yeah. that. But maybe she saw something in her of herself in Broly too. The fact mm-hmm. that you know uh, the little man's getting kicked around. Absolutely. You know? I mean, Broly is this giant, powerful being, but no, doesn't. It, it's kind of like we we as humans think. Oh well. In my everyday life, I can't affect anything. I can't do anything. You yeah. can. You yeah. can if you choose to. And she chooses to yeah. save someone's life, mm-hmm. someone she cares about, yeah. um, by by doing that and taking it upon herself to throw off those shackles of like mm-hmm. how Frieza treated her and be her own person. So yeah, that's really insightful. I like that. And uh, at this point, I, I have to say, uh, Frieza's just pretty much like, pretty much like, I don't even care about the Dragon Balls anymore. Yeah, he kind of like, gi- kind of yeah, gives he, up. They're they're not like. The oh, I need to get them because I want to be invincible and yeah, no, no longer that. Yeah. But I think he kind of just yeah. chalks it up to, well, yeah. that plan didn't work. <laughs> I mean, maybe he realizes, oh, I've been brought back to life, so I'm I, good to whatever, go. I don't need to live forever. If right, ha- there's Dragon Balls, in and there. I don't need to fight the Gogeta just... right now. I just need to get the heck out of here. Yeah, <laughs> and we, the last thing that we get really in the movie is uh, a scene on Planet Vampa where. We see Broly, and he's confronted by uh, Goku. And yeah, it's... it was really nice to see that you know Chile, Chile and Limo just are there. Yeah, they, and they're really providing that support for him. At yeah, they're they're to, they're on Vampa. They yeah, they were going to basically die or do whatever mm-hmm. there. Yeah, to try to survive with Broly. Yeah, that was really cool. Mm-hmm. That was really really cool, and. What's really, I think my favorite part of the whole movie was the end mm-hmm. when Goku shows up. And Goku, to me, as a character, has this like sense of, you know, like Sailor Moon has the power of friendship. Yeah. <laughs> like Goku kind of, okay. kind of has the power of friendship. He like, really does. Like he's, they're, they're very similar characters in, in that sort of way. Like, yes, 
Goku is more powerful and it's a different sort of anime. But each of those characters represent this idea of hope and friendship. Mm -hmm. And he extends like this level of like, like, hey, I just want you to know, like, no hard feelings. You know, I know we kind of were fighting back there. And, you know, maybe we can train together. Because, again, he sees it as yeah, an opportunity for power. Yes, that's his main thing is training anyway. So. Always has yeah. been. And my favorite part of the whole movie is at the very end when he says, you know, you can call me Kakarot. Yes. And I like that. that very interesting. For a lot of reasons. So, for me, I like it because... Number one, Goku typically doesn't take that as his identity. No, not never actually. I no, mean, he he may have responded to it whenever Vegeta says it, mm -hmm. but he's not yeah. Kakarot. No, he's to him, Goku. He's Goku, but with him admitting that he's Kakarot, it's just opening up this whole new door. For yeah, him, really, absolutely, and and actually claiming his Saiyan heritage. There's closure there almost. Yeah, yeah. Like like after all of everything he's been through mm -hmm. and learning, you know, like here's some more Saiyans that exist and, you know, all the power and everything he's gone through, it's like acknowledging maybe that heritage is important. Mm -hmm. You know, maybe the fact that I am Saiyan and I am powerful and I've saved the world so many times, like I shouldn't keep running away from that heritage. Like it is still part of me. Mm -hmm. Like, yeah, I'm protecting Earth. And I love my family, and I love my friends, and and I and I that is my identity. But this is part of me, and I thought that was just a really really cool moment in the end of the movie. Yeah, and and even Vegeta, he still calls Goku Kakarot all the mm -hmm. time. So you know, it's just kind of keeping up with the fact that they are proud Saiyans, you know, yeah. and they want to keep their spirits alive, and you know. And Vegeta's much more proud of his heritage, yes. especially and, because of the fact that his father was king. Yes. Mm -hmm. And Goku not as much, because he grew up on Earth for, mm -hmm. for, for most of his time. So, absolutely, it's really cool to see that dynamic between both those characters. Yes. And that's it. That's the movie. Yeah, that's the movie. So, I guess now we'll just, just really quickly talk about, like, final thoughts. I guess I'll start. So, as the... I'll start with the opinion of the non... I don't want to say non-fan because I like Dragon Ball, but mm. like the, the I'm not always immersed in the whole story. Yeah, you haven't seen uh, a lot of the episodes. You yeah. know, you haven't gone through all of Dragon Ball Z. Or I haven't. Super. I, I, have I not... haven't. I haven't gone through all of Dragon Ball yet. Mm -hmm. So, mm -hmm. so for me, as someone mm -hmm. who's less informed, maybe we'll say yeah. on on Dragon Ball Z, I still really enjoyed it. I thought it was uh, really fun. I thought the the humor was really good when they had it. I love the background stuff. I thought the background stuff was like my favorite part of the whole movie because it helped me understand not only what was going on in this movie, but helped me understand like, oh, like that's the background of like everything, like where all these characters came from. And I love that. That was good. And it, for me, it wasn't as strong of a movie as Battle of the Gods. And I know that I'm kind of in the minority of that. Because a lot of people I've talked to or heard talk about, you know, these movies, they like Resurrection F better than Battle of the Gods. And this movie's been getting a lot of buzz. Like, people really like the Broly movie. Mm -hmm. But I really liked Battle of the Gods because, I don't know, I just love Beerus. I think Beerus is, like, <laughs> probably my second favorite Dragon Ball Z character now behind Yamcha. Overall, though, this movie, the Broly movie, mm-hmm was really good and I'm, I'm glad that you dragged me to go see it like you asked me to go see it with you because yeah, i really had a good time seeing mm -hmm. it so what did you think as someone who is much more kind of like into the dragon ball universe and understand like what do you think of the movie overall 
Uh, yeah, I have to say, like, you're more, uh, like, Sailor Moon is your thing. I mean, oh, yeah. you, you've, you started off watching that, mm-hmm. you know, younger. Very young age, yeah. So, um, I have to say Dragon Ball Z is that for me. Is your Sailor Moon. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, definitely seeing the background, it's like, I was just sitting there like, oh, my God, this is awesome. You know, mm-hmm. you get to see the planet, Vegeta. Yeah. You get to see all, like, the different interactions with the the other Saiyans. It's just like, oh, wow, they're just like a, just a normal race. Mm-hmm. But seeing the background between, you know, King Vegeta's issues between his pride with Prince Vegeta and Broly, that that was really interesting because it really f- played into the fact that there's just a strong cast system there. Yeah. And those things don't last. Yeah. And that just goes to show that. It is super um, ironic because the first fight is Broly and Vegeta, right? Yeah. Like these two, to show who is the more powerful of yes. the two in reality. Yep. Overall, I love the fight scenes. Like, I felt they did amazing mm-hmm. with the uh, transformations, all of the, just all around. The It, it was just amazing. Visually just uh, Yeah, visually awesome. amazing. There were times when it was going so fast I didn't know what was going on. And that actually gave me a bunch of adrenaline. It was just yeah. really weird. I was like, man, this is so cool. You know, and that's um, kind of what they were going for yeah. because these are like larger than life, like super crazy powered. Like you can't follow it around. Yes, yes. It makes us like, feel like we're we'll never understand the full potential of their mm-hmm. power because we're just humans watching these superhuman people fight. Yes, and I mean, if you think about it, that's a lot of what happens in Dragon Ball because some yeah. of those lower level fighters are just like, can, can you see what's going on? No. <laughs> <laughs> and it made me feel like that. I was like, yeah. I don't know what's going on. Oh, okay. And it's just and like, it's intentional. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it kind of, they kind of draw you into their world mm-hmm. with that. And I would have to say it is harder to keep people's attention nowadays. So I really felt that it it pulled every pulled people in, except the guy sleeping next to me. <laughs> uh, so. At its core, go see this movie if you're a fan of Dragon Ball Z for sure. Yes. If you're a fan of anime, go see this movie. I think it's worth it. Um, it's, as far as right now, still in theaters. Uh, if it happens to not be by the time you listen to this, uh, I know that I already saw pre-orders go up on a couple websites for the movie oh, on Blu-ray. Yes. So I saw that too. So definitely go check that out uh, wherever you can. And uh, thanks again for listening to our discussion on this movie. I hope you guys enjoyed it. And if you have seen the movie... Let us know what you thought of it. Uh, leave us a comment on this episode on the website, tuningjapanese.com. You can reach us via email, tuningjapanese at gmail.com, on our Facebook, facebook.com slash tuningjapanese, or at tuningjapanese on Twitter. Any of those avenues, let us know what you thought of Broly. We would love to hear your thoughts. If you agree with us, disagree with us, anywhere in between. Ray, thank you so much for joining me on this episode. Thanks for having me. I always enjoy having you on these. This has been a lot of fun. And I think it's about time to get out of here. So once again, this has been Tuning Japanese, a podcast where two super Saiyans uh, power up and talk about (laughs) anime. And uh, I wish that I could be five years younger. My name is Andy. I wish I could be five centimeters taller. My name is Ray. (laughs) (laughs) We will see you next time. Bye. Thanks for listening to Tuning Japanese. For more information, visit our website, tuningjapanese.com, like our Facebook at facebook.com slash tuningjapanese, and follow our Twitter at tuningjapanese. You can also get a hold of the show by sending us an email at tuningjapanese at gmail.com. 
Please help support the show by going to iTunes and leaving a five-star rating and review. You can also go to patreon.com slash tuningjapanese to get all kinds of bonus content and help support the show monetarily. Tuning Japanese is part of the Questionable Endeavor Network. For more information on other podcasts and articles, check out questnnetwork.com. While you're there, check out other great shows like the Shadow Vane Podcast, Slasher Sanitarium, Raw Attitude Podcast, New Blood Rising, The Reanimator Podcast, Airless Pretenders, and our newest show, and sometimes their scotch.